Welcome to Amadon Planet. I'm your host, Joel Amadon. Thank you for joining me on this never-ending quest to learn how to teach better. Today on episode 78 of the podcast is Eric George, senior pastor, my pastor, at the Orchard Oxford here in Oxford, Mississippi. Eric is joining me today to talk about designing experiences for moving from childhood to, to adulthood. We're both parents. We're both teachers. Um, he's a pastor. I'm a teacher of teachers here at the University of Mississippi. And we're both kind of thinking intentionally about what are we doing to design well design experiences <laughs> for our kids in order to think about what does it mean to be an adult, right? And so we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about some resources, lots of resources in here. Specifically, I wanted to talk about uh, a book that kind of influenced my work with my kids. It's called uh, Play the Man, Becoming the Man God Created You Be by Mark Batterson. It was really the first time where I thought about like almost like a curriculum for thinking about this idea of moving from childhood to adulthood or specifically moving from like, what does it mean to transition from a boy to a man? And, and some of the things that I have done that, uh, with my son, but then also what has Eric done with his son? And then also thinking about what have we we individually thought about as families for what we want to do with our kids in this in this teaching experience, right? Because this is this podcast is about learning how to teach better, and one of the ways that we teach um, is not just in these professional capacities as either a pastor or a professor, but it's in our our everyday roles, right? Where even in, in our jobs and thinking about how we're teaching, but then also as as parents and how we're teaching, and so. That's one of the goals of this podcast is not just thinking about teaching in a professional capacity, but thinking about it teaching in every capacity that we have, and specifically this one we're talking about as a parent. So before we get started, some stats and disclaimers on our featured book, Play the Man, Becoming the Man God Created to Be. Uh, it was written by, again, Mark Batterson, who is the lead pastor of National Community Church in Washington, D.C., which, by the way, that church has a cool coffee shop right by the Capitol called, I believe, Ebenezer's Cafe, where all the money that's... Uh, provided to that, uh, or that's made from that coffee shop goes to support their missions and things. So it's kind of cool. Anyway, the book was published in 2017 by Baker Books. And as always, just know that we will not be able to communicate the whole value of the book. Um, you know, our conversation's pretty good, but we didn't go that deep. So even if, uh, and, and also it's from our perspective, this conversation. So if you are looking for this the, the stuff that's in this book that we, we're kind of talking about. And again, there's a lot to it that we don't get to. Go get the book for yourself, right? Right now, you can purchase it for $15.80 on bookshop.org, which is a website committed to helping local independent bookstores thrive in the e- age of e-commerce. So a link to bookshop.org can be found in the show notes of this episode, along with some of the other books that we mentioned. We mentioned Love Does. We mentioned The Power of Moments. We mentioned some other ones. Uh, we'll put links to all those in the show notes for this episode, which will be at amazonplanet.com forward slash episode 78, and where your purchase will not only support local booksellers, but also the production costs of the Amazon Planet podcast. Or better yet, you can wander down to your local bookseller like Square Books here in Oxford, Mississippi and pick up a copy. So without any further delay, here is my conversation with Eric George. Hey, welcome to Amazon Planet, Eric. How are you? I am great today, man. I am uh, bedazzled in all of the, as much Wisconsin gear as I could put on my body and then on my wall behind me. Cause I know that you love thinking about the Badgers and all things Bucky and let's hear you sing the Badger fight song to start this podcast off Eric. How about that? Huh? Oh, the sign up radio silence for it. Eric is a, uh, is a Ohio state Buckeye through and through. I am Ohio state Buckeye. Yeah. And they had, uh, um, there was a, there was a contest this past weekend, which did not result well for Bucky. And, uh, and Eric is my pastor. Eric is, uh, Eric is a friend and, uh, and we just know that for our friendship to continue, we probably shouldn't watch many Badger Buckeye games together. In the- <laughs> we could, we could probably even it up. We were talking about basketball season and, you know, like it, it's going to flip the other way. I'm not too optimistic about Buckeye basketball right now. So, right. Yeah. well, that's that, that. <laughs> The, the, the things are looking up for me then. So hey, you're good uh, to go. You're good yeah. to go. And we'll, we'll split the difference. We'll probably watch like a cross country meeting. We'll figure out how it turns out. That's right. better than two exactly. Yeah. Some <laughs> golf maybe. So yeah. Um, obviously we're here to talk at Badgers, but no, 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 no. I wanted to have, 
Eric, my friend Eric, on the podcast to talk about uh, our roles as teachers of our kids and how we put some intention into that role as a teacher with the full understanding that the the final exam, Eric, it's adulthood. Okay. That's correct. And That's then even thinking, point. yeah, specifically for our oldest children, um, you know, we, we each have some boys and thinking about teaching them how to be men. And so, you know, putting that intention into this process because uh, they're going to learn something. And if we don't put some intention to it, um, we're kind of letting the world teach them. And, and, and I, I don't think that's where we wanted to go. Um, it, I don't know, right. like, yeah. So, so this, this is a conversation and, and I think, you know, we, we started, uh, we kind of talked about what are some disclaimers we should have at the beginning of this podcast is one, um, we fully acknowledge we are not in this alone. I mean, I think that's something that's pretty clear. And we are both have very strong partners and collaborators with our wives in doing what we do. Um, you know, I'd be bumbling around a little bit without, yes. uh, without Katie, like say, Hey, straight it up there a little bit, or like, what are we doing here? Um, and also in no way are we stating that we have all the answers. Uh, we each have an answer in sharing and discussing. I think we all, we all get better. We are smarter together, Eric. We are smarter together. I love it. All right. So let's start, th- let's start with the why let's start there. So what led to your realization that you needed to be intentional in this role of being a parent that's guiding your kids or uh, guiding your, your oldest to, to be in a man or guiding our kids to be adults? Well, I think, I think first and foremost, obviously, you know, my context, my starting point is recognizing that the task that has been entrusted to me, the number one task greater than like, I mean, I've been a pastor for 20 years and I love leading people, but I'm first and foremost responsible for, you know, being a leader, you know, in my home. I love what Bob Goff says, be famous with your family first. Mm, and I yes. think that's just such, such great language. And, and that's true. At the end of the day, um, I, I had a quote years ago and I'm going to probably botch it. So that's, that's a really great start. But yeah, yeah. Uh, Eugene, Eugene Peterson, late Eugene Peterson said, if um, basically, essentially, if I'm successful as a pastor, but have, have failed with my family, then I, I have failed as a pastor. And so mm-hmm. like re- recognizing at the end of the day, when I look at the biblical story, all the way back, even from Deuteronomy six, that, that parents are entrusted to first and foremost, be what I call the chief disciple makers in their home. And disciple maker is just a term for becoming more like Jesus. Yeah. That, that we would, you know, love God and love people, take that greatest commandment seriously, that we would take Jesus's last words and that, you know, that he gives these 11 followers, he's in resurrected form on this hill on Galilee. And he says, go, go make disciples, go make followers of me, baptize the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey all that I have commanded. And he gives us great promise because that's intimidating when you think about that. Right. He says, surely I'm with you always. And so for me, that's the big why. The why is recognizing for, for my kids, I have to wrestle with big questions of legacy up and beyond how I wrestle with that for the people that I lead in a local church. And that's really the big why at the end of the day, um, I, I don't expect my kids to call me pastor They're I'm their dad, you know? And so like, right. I want, I want them first and foremost that, yeah, they may hear a bunch of stuff when it's all done and over with for both myself and their mother. And you're exactly right. We're in this together. <laughs> and we both, we both, if we are humble right now, admit we married up. Oh <laughs> so, yeah. Oh Yes. <laughs> Very much so, so. You know, at the end of the day, congratulations, though, Katie. Congratulations, Kendra. <laughs> uh, you're so lucky. Yeah, uh, yeah exactly. <laughs> but at the end of the day, we're going to have to be responsible and accountable for that, and I, and I take that seriously. And and it's so intimidating. It's very humble. <laughs> so yeah, that's the big why. Yeah, I, I think you know, very early on um, in my marriage i went to a fca meeting mm-hmm. and there was a um speaker joe aaron oh, shoot i'm gonna I forget aaron aaron bach yeah joe airman joe airman he was a former nfl star with the baltimore colts like back back in the day and um he wrote wrote was a like the subject of a book called the season of life i don't know if you've ever heard of that book and he was speaking at this FCA event and it was a, just basically about 
like his role as a coach of a football team where the most important thing was about, not about wins and losses, but about developing these players as men. And it was mm-hmm. just, it was kind of like if you, and if anyone's ever read love does, it's kind of like this shocking thing where it's like, whoa, 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 this is a guiding principle that I'm using. And you can then see the actions that are following. It's not just a mantra. It's not just something we put on the wall. It's like, mm-hmm. no, no, this is, there's a belief here and then actions that go along with it. And it was like, huh. And, and despite that, they're still winning. You're, you know, like this, you know, like yes. the, you, that even doing these, like putting these things first in this, these principles first, like you're still, you're, you're seeing the actions, you're seeing the fruits that come about of it. And so then reading that book and then thinking about, you know, the, the kinds of, uh, people that are being described in that book and like, wow, there's some intentionality there that I didn't, you know, yeah. I didn't necessarily see as a, as a kid. Um, and then thinking about also too, I had an experience. We, we go to this, uh, family camp up in Iowa. It's called Ingamokaboji Lutheran Bible yeah. camp. And it's, it's legend. I, I hear legends about yeah. it because I love hearing stories from you guys about it. So, well, yeah. And then I'll tell you like one of the, our, our counselors, like, so you get assigned a counselor that work kind of is working with your family, throughout the end, they kind of become an adopted member of your family. And one of them was a um, Taylor. I remember Taylor. And he talked about this kind of year of discipleship that he went through with his dad. And just, you, you look at like, okay, I'm seeing the end product here. My kids are like, you know, just l- attaching, they're just hanging on every word that Taylor has to say. And they just think he's so mm-hmm. cool. And yet, you know, he has faith is strong and his character and how he's operating around us. And it was just like, man, that's kind of where I want to go with, with, (laughs) with my kids and like, you know, asking them some questions, like what were you? So like with those two things about thinking about like this intentionality seen in the book, the season of life, and then also saying like this thing with Taylor, I'm like, I got to be intentional because like we said, initially the world, the world is going to offer, or well, I guess there's a, a quote I use where education is design for learning because kids are learning everything all the time. Just, you know, put a, put a youngster in front of a YouTube without any uh, filters on it and just watch what they learn, you know? So true. (laughs) Right. Versus like thinking about like, if we want to have an education and teaching their kids to do something, you can think about how to teach them to do any sort of task, teach them to do math, teach them to learn some a specific tag. We even just had a sermon series where you're teaching people how to pray. Like, yeah. I mean, we have all this intentionality there. Like, how do we be intentional with teaching our, our boys to be men, our kids to be adults, you know, our girls yes. to be women? Like, what, it, what does it mean to transition into this phase of life and how to be intentional with that, especially given, um, you know, the calls that we have in order to do it well, right? Yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. It's like, I've got a good friend of mine uh, who says that which we don't intentionally do, we'll never do. And it's just, it's, yeah. it's just true. Like, you know, if we don't get around to it, it's just not going to happen. And I think we probably both of us feel that pressure cooker right now. Like my oldest is 13 Stanley. And yeah. I, I, I have this clock that just keeps running, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like, man, X amount of years, you know, days hours and minutes until he's out of my door and not in a like get him out of there no like i i you know i I want him to stick around for as much as possible recognizing these years are so pivotal for all three of my kiddos you know to just to continue to pour into them so yeah well and i think of uh um and my my clock is getting shorter with my oldest because he's yeah for sure frankly looking at universities which is like scary (laughs) and (laughs) and like so that final exam we talk about that final exam as adulthood i mean it's it's coming up quick and thinking about how you know you're i mean like the assessment of our own teaching is like did i do a good did we do a good job is that like how how are you going to be handled out in the world and so you know thinking about the intentionality and think about what what are we putting out there and and even just seeing some of these like weekends where and now again, this clock is running short where like, you know, we, we live in a college town and you know, my son would say, Hey, can we go to the game? Like, absolutely. <laughs> you want to hang out with me? Yep. Like, oh, we're, yes. we, we are going, <laughs> like, we'll figure it out. <laughs> like, we'll get it going. Uh, but you know, those sorts of things that the time is precious, it goes fast. And then so thinking of, again, how do you use that time intentionally in order to teach them what we want them to learn? Right. Yeah, most definitely. 
So what helped you in thinking? So we'll get into what our plans were, but let's, we're, we went to the why and then like, Hey, what helped you in planning or in thinking about some of this stuff? Yeah. So this stuff for, for my wife, Kendra and I started really early on, actually, like even before we even had kids, I know that sounds strange. Kendra had a particularly a few things. She had an aunt and uncle that talked about doing this kind of 10 year old milestone rite of passage trip to kind of really jumpstart many of these hard conversations. Everything from first and foremost conversation that kids don't want to have to, you know, birds and bees and reproduction to, you know, what does it mean to follow Jesus, et cetera, et cetera. So that we always heard about that early on pre kids and was like, Hey, let's do that. And it's like, it's what you're talking about earlier. You hear stories from people and you're like, that's it. It's Mm -hmm. not everything, but that's it. I'm going to grab a hold of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Obviously, you and I both love Bob Goff. You know, right. Bob's an amazing writer uh, and more incredible human being. That's what I like yeah. to say about him. That's right. And he, you know, he talked about that, obviously, in Love Does, this idea of a, you know, a double-digit adventure where he gives the kids freedom to kind of say, hey, where do you want to go? And the stories are incredible. Yeah, yeah. And so, so reading that book years ago was like, okay, this is something we got to figure out how we do this. You know, mm-hmm. we may not have them pick, but we're going to figure out a way to do something that's set apart. And then for me, this is a, a I told you about this because we were talking about the Batterson book, which is Mark Batterson, very informative for you. And I've been reading it now too. play the man before I re- read that. Um, I'd read a book that's really not a, like a, a ministry or a, a Christian discipleship book, but it was a book that I read called the power of moments by Chip and Dan Heath. And I yes. read about them years ago in a book called Switch, Two Great Brothers, kind of mm-hmm. right more in the business and leadership sector. But they talked about the great powerful moments kind of have four key ingredients. You don't have to have all four at the same time simultaneously or simultaneously, but you, you have to have at least one of these moving in a mo- kind of motion to create a powerful moment. So when I think, thought about the idea of starting a trip with my son, my oldest son, Stanley, at 10, I thought, how could we incorporate some of these elements that would make this a memorable experience that he would always come back to? And some of those that they talk about, they talk about elevation is elevation insight, pride and connection. Elevation is kind of like this idea that it's a moment that lifts you above the everyday. Mm-hmm. These are experiences that are more than just routine. Uh, they make us feel engaged, joyful and surprised. And so it's kind of the idea of get out of your normal environment, if that makes yeah. sense. So they don't, they don't, they know what to expect when they're doing their normal routine, get up, eat breakfast, get on the bus, go to school, go to practice, et cetera. And so this was outside of his norm. Um, insight is this big idea. I love their language on this one. These are experiences where you trip over the truth. It's like, mm. you see these big aha moments where you're like, whoa, I would have never learned that if I wasn't here at this place at this time in this moment. Um, pride is kind of like, they talk about pride and we think about pride sometimes in a negative context and it is, but it's, it can be positive as well, Right. where it's recognizing the other person that's with you. It's multiplying those meaningful milestones or rites of passage. So it's because there's a lot of joy and pride in the moment. You recognize the conversation will continue on. And so when you're one-on-one with, we find this tension in our family all the time. I get further faster when I'm one-on-one with my kids as opposed to juggling the chaos of all three. (laughs) Like when you, when you said earlier, Hey, do you want to go to the game? Yeah, let's go to the game. Just you and I, you know, like it may be the whole fam. It may not, but sometimes there's just the value of just recognizing, Hey, I love you. I'm just with you alone. I want to just kind of bring out the value that I see in you that God has placed upon you. And you can get that so much easier one-on-one sometimes. Yeah. And the, the last thing that they talk about, and this really, really jump-started a lot of the content of the trip that we'll, I know we'll eventually talk about it, is connection. So there's, there's this idea of elevation, insight, pride, and connection. And we think connection is with one another, and it is, but it's bigger than that. It's, they talk about knowing the difference between what they call purpose and passion. So purpose is defined as a sense that you're contributing to others, that your work has a bigger, broader meaning. So like, Hey, what am I, what am I going to do in this lifetime that has ultimate value? And they say passion is that feeling excitement that you get for having that specific purpose. Mm. So when I see the, when I see my, my purpose, my passion kicks in every day to say, 
I want to devote a big chunk of my life to this because this is the thing that I'm convinced matters most. So purpose always trumps passion. Yes. And so they tell this great story. Um, it's kind of a sidebar, but like it gets at it. I think that you'll be appreciative to your audience, even when it comes to teachers. I love the fact you're kind of big purpose, Joel, is to be a teacher of teachers. Because they tell this story in the book about Connection, where it was one of the worst elementary schools in all of Washington, D.C. Um, truancy rates were high. Suspensions were off the charts. Parent, teacher involvement, conferences, non-existent. Nobody wanted to principal the school. It's a stand elementary school in D.C. And the gist of it is this young 28-year-old principal takes on the school and when you talk about connection and purpose and passion, this was the solution. She chose to do every kid got an at-home at home visit. And every teacher sat down across from parents who had no desire at all to be invested in the school at all. And these are the questions they started asking. Tell me about your child's experience in school. Tell me about yours. Tell me about your hopes and dreams for your child's future. What do you want your child to be someday? A lot of what we're talking about right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And what what do I need to do to help your child learn more effectively? And in, in one year alone, by having purpose and passion and connection with a family, literally, uh, parent-teacher conferences spiked from 12% to 73% the next year. Insane. Like, literally, suspensions went extinct. They went from 300 to 24 and truancy mm-hmm. rates as well went from 28 to 11 just by saying, Hey, I want to invest in you. I want right. to know, Hey, what's your purpose and how can I have a passion to see you succeed? It's just making people feel present. Yeah. that I mean, one, I'm glad you brought up that. I love that book. We did it on the podcast. I did it with my friend, Gary, uh, one of the first, one of the first few episodes, but even thinking about that, like the, well, we just talked about the power of one-on-one, right? Like I could send home a newsletter and say, or a Google form and say, Hey, respond to these four questions, but it's not, it, it, it's just not going to do the work of that, that connection where, I yeah. mean, what are you talking about? Some of these, the power of like, you've just elevated this little meeting together where, and even too like the, the pride of having the attention of a teacher is willing to come into my home versus I'm having to go to a school, which I might not have a very good relationship with, with school environments. Yeah. as well. And so now like we're putting on your terms on, and it's a visit. It's like all those elements are there in order to make it um, something that then moves the needle forward. And yeah, that's, as I love it. I love that. That's a resource that you look to. Yeah. What, I, I appreciated them. The first time I read them, I was like, I bet they have something to say that will be helpful. That is transferable to, to where I'm at as a parent. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, and, and I, you know, in hind, like, and we talked too about like, hind, it, well, one, we're in the process of this. We're kind of um, in, engaged in this. So we're like, we're still learning. The curriculum is still being involved <laughs> so we can continue to adapt and yeah. roll. So, yeah. And then I, I heard Batterson, um, you talk about resources to help us with this process. I heard Mark Batterson on some podcast might've been Carrie Newhoff's leadership podcast or something like that, talking about great, this book. Great podcast. And I like, I picked it up. I like, I was like, getting ready to, I got a, you know, I had probably maybe, um, you know, it might've been nine at the time or maybe a little bit older and probably a little bit older maybe, um, and picked it up and I thought, okay, I'm, this is, this is, we're going to do something around this line. Cause it, when we did the 10 year old trip too, as well, and Bob Goff was our influence on that, but then thinking about like an intentional year of pouring in and thinking about what does that look like and using kind of the Batterson, I don't know, I guess curriculum, I'm going to say it no. is yeah. like a way to, way to start. So very good. Anything else that you used, Eric, that kind of guided you? Uh, the Bible as well. There you go. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was simple. Yeah. 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 Jesus was good about that, about, uh, he's, he's got a lot of great t- teaching techniques in there. I always like, think it's kind of funny sometimes in the job that I do where we're teaching teachers and we're trying to do some research and every now and then we're like, a lot of things we're coming up with, like small groups, learning context, you know, like pouring yep. into some people with time. Like, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's been there. <laughs> we, Jesus, mod- Jesus modeled it. So yeah, yeah. Jesus was like smiling in the corner. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's that's <laughs> what I, that's what we do. All right. Anyway, so let's get into what we actually did. So we we both yeah. mentioned we did a a ten year old trip, um, and we we did one, and again it was 
where the kid would have the both parents with them. And so now we've gone through all of our kids, all of them have gone through a 10 year old trip and it's been DC, New York, Seattle, and mm-hmm. they each had their own individual sort of like plan it, which is kind of, kind of unique on how each of those trips, I can kind of see how they're connected to their personalities as well, yes. which yes, is 100%. wild. Yeah. yeah. I guess in, any, and 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 we could we could probably do a whole episode on ten year old trips, but I don't know anything else you'd want to share on what you did to kind of be an intentional about that. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. Like uh, both, I've got three kiddos. Stanley's thirteen, Claire's eleven, and Clayton is seven. So Clayton hasn't had his ten year old trip. Obviously, you can right. do the math on that. I know yeah, your yeah. math guy. Yep. So. Um, Clara personality wise is just like her mother. She wants beach time. So they went to the beach and just out in God's creation. And a lot of the same content that I talked to with Stanley about when we did his trip was, you know, Kendra and I working in partnership together to say, Hey, what did you talk through? How did this work out? Where do you start here? What did you learn? And that's the beauty of it as as parents, you stumble across it and you're like, this worked, this didn't work. And so that was a helpful kind of experience part two. So I can speak more to Stanley's trip because we did it where it was like um, I went with Stanley and then, you know, uh, Kendra went with just specifically with Clara. So it was kind of that one-on-one time. And then we'll do the same for, for our youngest. For Stanley, I took him to Washington, DC. It was a, I remember going there about the same time, uh, maybe a couple of years earlier. And it was a very kind of one of those early experiences that really stuck in my heart, my mind of a unique city. And we're, the whole focus of our trip, we talk about that idea of, you know, purpose and passion. The purpose was this one big word, legacy. And I yeah. remember giving him like this kind of blue moleskin and in the front of it, I even grabbed it last night because he's got it in a place in his room where he, he always could see it. And mm-hmm. it was like, just legacy is something important handed down from one person to another. And we just said like a father to a son. And we, we talked through the big picture while we were on this trip. We kind of just leveraged the environment of that place and many of the experiences that we got to have together and, and where did that collide with the, the big purpose of scripture. And so I took him to the air and space museum, uh, had a blast there. You know, at the time he was learning a lot about Amelia Earhart. He was mm. learning about Wright brothers. And so it's one thing to uh, basically read about those planes or see a picture of it, but it's another thing to see the little red bus that went across the Atlantic with Amelia Earhart literally hanging in the building you know Mm. we went to the american history museum one of the things that stuck out to him the most there was he got to see this over 200 year old flag uh that flew at the battle of baltimore you know we're talking about francis scott key riding the star spangled banner uh at the white house um he had this big moment it was the moment of insight where he trips over the truth he said one of the most profound things i've ever heard him say in no time at all he learned more about our culture than he could have ever watched on the news or, you know, listened to a ton of podcasts. He, uh, we're in front of the White House and believe it or not, the White House today, you can't get as close when maybe you and I were kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's protesters everywhere. It doesn't matter who's in that office. And he says this one line, he says, I think there's a bunch of people in this crowd right now that are not happy about what they have. Mm. And I, I was like, whoa, I could have never given <laughs> that aha at a 10 year old without putting him in front of that and seeing barricades and signs and people shouting and the crowd just hostile with one another. Somebody's not getting what they think they deserve essentially. Yeah. Uh, I took him to a Washington nationals game. Um, It was his first MLB game ever. And he has a ball from that. And then the, the pinnacle of the trip for us, for me personally was, was the last place. We went to the museum of the Bible. Mm. Um, it's a, it's a nonprofit museum started by the green family owns Hobby Lobby. And, um, you know, part of you talk about how, what it means to be discipled and learned, uh, in his little notebook is this big idea that, that no book has read me or will read you more than the Bible ever reads you. And it's the textbook for life. It's essentially, if you want to figure out how to follow Jesus who teaches us to obey all that he's commanded, it's obviously in scripture. Mm. And, uh, the p- pinnacle of that trip was on the top deck of that museum is an area called the 1 million names campaign. And what they did a couple years before the museum opened up, if you wanted to give any 
financial amount. There was no particular amount. But if you wanted to give a donation in, in honor of somebody, you could you could do that. And so my father gave a donation to that museum. And talk about legacy here. This is cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He he gives he gives a donation and and has all three of his his grandkids' names. And there's a million names. They're very super small, and it's just you got to step back and look at it. It's this really cool design. It's a floral design. But for him to see his name in that museum, and then to say, "My greatest goal in life for you is to have your name collide with Jesus and the heartbeat of this book that this whole museum is about." That's your greatest purpose. That's when we talk about that big idea of purpose. Mm-hmm. From 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 you know Chip and Dan Heath, and so talking about those big ahas, that was an elevated moment for him. It was kind of a sacred aha set apart moment, and and really that's that's what we did, you know. And that whole trip, we talked seriously about God's command to be fruitful and multiply, the idea of legacy, and Jesus wants us to be followers of Him, to make other followers of Him, but being again in a different place just took that to a whole other level that I would have never been able to do back home in Oxford, Mississippi. Now we have great conversations here, but it was just, it was a set apart moment. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess for us too, you know, I'm more, I guess, given with the the depth that you went to in, in that, but thinking about some of the, maybe the superficial things that we were doing, but also two good lessons is mm-hmm. giving freedom to the kid to yes. make decisions. Yeah, I don't think there's a right or wrong. I don't think yeah, there's a yeah. right or wrong. And thinking about the, Hey, what do you want to, what do you want to do on the trip? And like, are these things, yeah. you know, like using of time, money, resources, and like those decisions, like you don't think when like all of a sudden a kid gets put into college, like they have, well, you can, mm-hmm. no one's there to breathe on your neck, about buying what you want, eat what you want. And then you're like, okay, I just put on 15 pounds. I got all, I've spent all my food money in the first month and I haven't been to class in three days. <laughs> and like, yes. Yeah. Exactly. Versus like, no, let's, let's, let's give a, a like a low stakes space for hey we have to plan this out if you want to do this activity we can't do this activity you Mm -hmm. want to eat here well then we can't you know we can't be over there at this and so even some of the logistics of like life uh was kind of fun to to see up because again it's their trip no one you know there's not two other kids like offering their tuesday we can't do this you can't do that now they (laughs) yeah the other two would uh, the older two especially with the youngest one with jack would like offer like you need to do this on your trip you need to like Jack, it's your trip, not their trip. Yep. And yep. uh and then or else also too leaning on expertise, like in each of the different spaces we had friends or family, like, hey, what mm-hmm. are some things we could do? And and what do you think? You know, and to reach out to others and be like, hey, I I I know I don't have all the answers. That's another good lesson to learn on those sorts yes. of things and the planning and, and other things. And so yeah, I think the, the value of that trip and like the being able to it was like a power of moment. It was like a chip and Dan Heath power of moment sort of situation where you get those sorts of opportunities to then, you know, have those conversations, have those like uh, make that headway given like you can have concentrated, intentional, like present discussions with your kid, which you might not normally have when in the normal rigor (laughs) of life of life. Yeah. Above the chaos. That's what I love about when Jesus says, you know, his final words known as his great commission, you know, it, he, it says, go make disciples. And the word go is translated originally as you are going. And mm. I think these trips give us that moment to say in the context of everyday life, yeah, we're in a different place, but as we're going and doing these activities, we can have great conversation about what matters most or just laugh or be joyful. Like, right. you know, and so it's like God gave us life. So let's enjoy it to the fullest, you know, mm-hmm. and whatever we have, be it physical, emotional, relational, spiritual, all of it. And I just, I think that's the beauty of it is for me, that jump starts that, that kind of that pattern of, as you are going, as you're going in the car to practice, let's have, let's hang out. Let's have a conversation as mm-hmm. we're going to the game, as we're going to serve, maybe at the pantry in our local community, you know, as all these opportunities Jesus gives us kind of like, uh, you know, the textbooker for life relationally and the flow of life to just do this thing together. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so that was 10 year old trip. And so we uh, then also did a year of discipleship and I guess, I don't know, like, are you, are you doing something like that? I, I didn't know. Like, I know you just talked about reading through, uh, the new Testament, yeah. I think before we got online. I think I, I probably honestly have not done it 
the thing that I love about Batterson, and, and you got me referred to this book, and, I, and I'm knowledgeable Batterson. He's a great communicator, great teacher, great writer. And I just hadn't read this book of his. And it's it's convicted me. Like we we're doing some intentional things, some mm-hmm. of the things that are even in his book. But yeah. I love the language that he gives about a covenant. Yeah. And that's probably that's something that's like jump starting a little bit of my language right now to think through. How could I do that? Um, and he talks about what I think is really helpful is is like, hey, use some discernment on what's the right age to do that. You know, for right. him it was 13. We're in that same category right now with Stanley at 13. One of the things that Batterson's doing. He did at 13 was, I know, read X amount of books. I'm stewing on what are the other books I'd want Stanley to read, but we're intentionally reading through the New Testament right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we do a plan called the F260. Uh, it's interesting. Like the New Testament is 260 chapters. So if you read one chapter, uh, basically five days a week, you could be done with it in a year. And so he won't get done with it until he's in 14. We started a little bit later. Uh, but we we enjoy that. Our rhythm is he reads five chapters a week. I read the same five chapters. And then we have an intentional conversation once a week about those five chapters. Yeah. And we just we use the content of those five chapters to intersect with, again, the big picture of where does this collide with our own story of following Jesus? How do we think through legacy? How do we think through big picture of what it means to become men? That's really what I'm in that. That's on point, too, when he talks yeah. about that. A lot of his seven qualities, I can't urge people enough, like those virtues, read this book. If you've got a young man who you're trying to figure out where to start, um, they're spot on. A lot of the stuff that we're talking about today is, again, affirmation. When he talks about the virtue of clear vision, again, you know, we have a saying here at the Orchard where I pastor, when your vision is clear, your decisions are easy. And I think we're desperate. I'll speak for myself. I humbly need a ton of vision how to lead a young man in the 21st century. Cause it's just a different context than when you and I were kids. Oh yeah. You know, it's, it's, I mean, stuff is changing all the time and um, I can't keep up with it. And, and that's the point because then I'm dependent upon Jesus to help me out. <laughs> so, I was thinking just as you're saying that the differences, I was thinking the one sound that I would use to just explain the difference between our generations is the sound of like the dial up modem. You know, yes, exactly. <laughs> like that, you're just that's it right there. Like, yep. you know, yep, yeah. Firing that yeah, by baby the time, up. By the time that thing got fired up, you're already checking a thousand things online. Yeah, yeah. I'm downloading this picture. I'll come back in a day. It'll be there. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> There's no scrolling going on. Uh, yes. So, like, yeah, yeah, we so you know, and you know, we're in different stages. And so I had a chance to then think about this idea of a year of discipleship. And and again, it's not like Oh no, past 13 can't do it. It's about timing. It's about, you know, it's about timing availability, even like, Hey, I want it. Let's do this. Let's do it. And it doesn't even have to be a year or whatever it could be. But yeah, we did a year and we used and and in Batterson, they talk about having some challenges and then having a covenant that not only for the the son, but also for the the father and thinking about we're, we each have a role in this thing over this year Mm -hmm. that we're both committing to each other um, and, and support and, or help and, or putting in the effort of doing these things. So we had a physical challenge, a spiritual challenge and intellectual challenge. The first thing was, uh, the physical challenge we did was a half marathon. So Noah had seen us, his family members run in this half marathon in Springfield for a few years before he ever did. And like, he's like, I want to do that because you get free donuts at the end, <laughs> like like you you get a free t shirt, you get free donuts. like you see like you know and like, I might run that race, yeah, yeah, I might run that race. <laughs> That's right. And he sees this, and but it's like something like his uncles were doing, and so it, it was not only just with he saw me doing it, but he saw these other his uncle and his grandfather and like his aunts too would would do it as well, and you'd see like the wow, I want to go do what they do. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't even just, it it was also something that now is a way to, in hindsight, get them to be a part of this challenge, of this physical challenge. And so everyone's training together and he's on the text change on like, have you done your runs this week and all that stuff. And then also it's a physical challenge where it's going to, it's going to take, you can't just get up and do it tomorrow. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, given his 17 year old body now, he probably could, I can't, but the at that time you know being able to run a mile was a challenge so like okay we need to do some runs and like we're running around the neighborhood and we're planning some things out in order to make sure he's best prepared for this physical challenge and like that that 
you know, and also thinking about long-term for setting yourself up for success for this future event. What are the things you need to do to prepare, man? What a, great. what a great, great. And, and again, I love that Batterson talks like about those and he's got several challenges that they've done. Um, spiritual challenge. I think we did this basically the same exact, uh, reading plan, but just a, a different way as a project 345, but it's probably on the same principles of, yeah, because we do it for five days and it's, I think it's the, it's called project 345. Cause I think they say you can do it daily in three minutes and 45 seconds. <laughs> so I like that's, a, that's cool. That's great. Yeah. But it's through the U version Bible app and we've, yeah. we've done that. Uh, and then we read for the intellectual challenge, we followed what Batterson does. Noah's a, was a great reader or is a great reader. And so we picked some books out. And so some of the books that we picked were like discipline equals freedom field manual by Jocko Willink. <laughs> so love it. So I see, I'm Taking notes right here, right now, man. I'm there learning you from you. Well, I'll put them all in the show notes. There you go. But uh, this was, um, you know, we both had liked Jocko, and Jocko had also written some kids' books called "Way of the Warrior Kid," and so yeah. it was kind of like, um, which is, I think, was Jocko, who's a Navy SEAL. It was kind of his counter to the uh, Diary of a Wimpy Kid. He's like, no, let's be a warrior kid rather than a wimpy <laughs> kid. So, anyway, this field manual like offers protocols and things, and for how to work out, how to take care of yourself. And, I, and it even had some poems in it as well. Jocko's an English major because um, he thought that the best way for him to be a Navy SEAL was to be a better communicator. So that's why he became an English major. And now he writes a bunch of books. Um, and he also has the book, um, Discipline. isn't it just Discipline Equals Freedom? I th- or no, Extreme Ownership. That's his the main book that he had. Um, and then we read the book, Can't Hurt Me, Master Your Mind and Defy the Odds by David Goggins. Mm-hmm. Um, who is a tremendous, he's also a former, uh, special forces person, but just had a tremendous childhood, but then just talking about struggle and persevering through life. Um, and no, I actually talked to him about this last night, like what stood out to you about our year? Cause I, I knew I was going to have this conversation today. And he talked about, there are these two books, these, these books that stuck out where, Hey, these were tough guys but it's tough guys that care about personal relationships, right? That it's not just about being tough and never like, never like hurting or never caring for other. Like, I mean, some of the stuff that Jocko talks about us, about some of the people that he lost uh, fighting in in wars and like just the emotions and that it's not like, no, no, I'm tough. I don't do that. No, no, no. That part of being tough is about being empathetic and about Mm -hmm. having those sorts of emotions and things. And so also had him read The Long Haul, an autobiography by Miles Horton. Miles Horton started the Highlander Folk School in uh, Tennessee, which was one of the places where social justice workers and then um, like union organizers would go get educated. And it was about helping helping communities help themselves was what Miles Horton did at the Highlander Folk School. And so, I don't know, it kind of saw him as like a, almost like a disciple maker you know, and doing and trying to help. And so some amazing things happened through there. Also read the circle maker about praying, uh, Mark Batterson's probably best known book, praying circles around the biggest dreams and greatest fears. That's kind of an amazing book. Love does we read. And the final one, which we've talked about, um, and dead podcast about, and the last one we read, I don't know if you've ever, the war of art break through the blocks and win your inner creative battles by Stephen Pressfield, Mm -hmm. who I think his most famous work was the legend of beggar Vance that, yeah, that book. But um, but talking about the the war, the war of art was is really about this idea of resistance and like you mm-hmm. and talking about purpose, like you have a purpose in your life. What gets in the way of resistance mm-hmm. and thinking about that now is like, you know, scrolling or, you know, like living, mm-hmm. living in a, a world of comparison and thinking about, well, what what have you does? How has God put you together? What are the thing about one Peter four ten? What are the gifts you've been given to serve others, and how are you using them? And like, what is getting in the way of you doing that? And like, I think that book is great. And those are, I think we so we did we were maybe shooting for twelve. We did six, and I was like, I was pretty good. <laughs> I thought for a thirteen year old kid, I was like, I was pretty good. And that's like when I hear you say that, that's not light reading at all. I mean, like that's like <laughs> no. very very shaping material. That's awesome. I love it. Yeah. And think about just having some like Sundays where we would go and just sit and like go, you know, go off and and have some one-on-one intentional one-on-one time. So even without the books, just having those intentional one-on-one times and having conversations and some was, 
was like worth the price of admission there. Right. And, but doing these things together and getting him excited about things I'm excited about, or even just seeing some other, other, like in a lot of these cases, other men doing things, living with purpose and, and thinking about how to, how to exact a life out is, was, I think pretty powerful. And then having those conversations about him and processing it for his own self. And, and I don't know if it's helped, but Noah's a pretty driven kid. <laughs> so I love it. I love it. So it, it, sure, it for sure it. helps because I think the, the beauty is that input is something that he'll consistently come back to. You know, I really do believe that. So. Yeah. And I, I the, and, and again, like this isn't for every, I mean, there's some that are, we're thinking about like, is this work for everyone? Like with folks that might not have kids that love, love to read all that much, but there's all sorts of different things. I was thinking of like media and things that can be useful to do some of the same sort of teachings and thinking about even like mm-hmm. there's movies with life lessons in them and things like where you're like, Hey, let's, let's watch this together. And then like, we can get a chance to talk about it, process it. And what does this mean for our lives? Or even like walking through, I was even thinking about walking through certain, um, podcasts or other things where even, you know, I would have loved to have thrown in maybe like a Dave Ramsey podcast or something like that, where he's talking with somebody about like going through the baby steps and just thinking like, Hey, it's probably good to have a plan with your money. Again, being intentional, (laughs) (laughs) just like we're being intentional here, being intentional there. Um, but yeah, I don't, what like, what other, like in thinking about that intentionality, anything else that pops to your mind with regards to trying to help, um, our kids, kind of reach this adulthood level? Yeah, I, I think for me, it's always a balance of what I would call proactive and reactive. You mm-hmm. know, the stuff that we're talking about right now, I think is super helpful. How are we proactive to say, as we're going, that big kind of terminology, let's watch this movie together. We could learn something from this podcast. We could learn something from this book, or mm-hmm. let's talk about that thing we maybe heard at church or, you know, but I think so much of life for our kids, I think is just like us, it's reactive. Yeah. There's so much that's not, they can't control and it just gets kind of thrown at them. So how are we in the everyday circumstances of life leveraging those moments to kind of just process that stuff? And then again, where do we process the things that are kind of tugging on their hearts in an intentional way that we're drawing them back towards what that purpose is, you know, because it's like purpose is like the foundation or it's like gravity. You're drawing them back to that. Because in the moment where life is happening, it's chaotic and it's swirling for them. They can't see those things. Just like you and I, we can't always see them. So we need need those guides that are coming alongside us. We need other people. You and I need to help one another out. And we need more men around us and other women around us to help us out to see what matters most. I find most of life is just kind of like it is that as you are going, but do we have – this is the challenge. I'm just humbly saying this. If I'm not seeing the purpose, I'm going to really be short-sighted in helping my children see the purpose as well. Right. And I, so, so it's, it's like the idea of like, if you're a teacher of teachers, how am I being taught in such a way that I'm tapped in, in the chaos of life and not in the reaction to life that I'm able to then do that in a way that's intuitive enough to see it in my children as well. You know? And I think yeah. it's just, it's like, it's leveraging, like I'll give you an example this last week. I mean, we're, our life is, I joke around. I'm a husband, I'm a father, I'm a pastor, but sometimes I just feel like I'm a full-time bus driver driving kids around all the time <laughs> yeah. to a thousand activities. Exactly. And so we were in the car twice this last weekend, um, heading to Memphis just to go to a soccer tournament. And I'm just leveraging that moment to say, all right, tell me about the chaos, essentially. Is what I was, it wasn't the exact question, but I was right, like, right. tell me about your friends. Tell me about this. And I'm just listening. And then and in that, just again, coming back to purpose, coming back to purpose, but I'm letting them drive the conversation. I'm not, right. I'm just asking questions. Questions will always lead us. And so that's, if I come full circle on that, I'd say, ask good questions because mm-hmm. it gets you to the stuff that you got to really talk about. Right. Well, that, that's the, I mean, and, and even to having these intentional moments where you are having these conversations lays the track for when, like you're saying chaos or situations emit like, you know, Oh shoot, life is, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to, I'm boiling over a little bit. I don't know where to go. Huh? Dad's listened mm-hmm. to me before. And like, we've had good, yes. like that's, that's the track that I know I'm going to go to that track versus like, with that track's not laid, who knows where they go. Right. Exactly. I tell, I tell Stanley all the time. I was like, like don't Google it. 
come to me. <laughs> like, like, just don't like, don't Google it. Come to me. Like talk yeah. to me. Like, and I would say too, as parents, I think this is really, really crucial. Your kids don't expect you to be perfect. So to the level that you're willing to be honest about your own brokenness and mistakes, go yeah. for it. Yeah. Go for it. And I understand there's certain things that you're like, I don't think they're ready to hear that. True. Yeah. They're probably not. But they can hear some things where you're just like, just be honest. You know, like you're you're a work in progress as well. We both are. Yeah. So it's okay to apologize to your kids. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> you well, may get further faster if you do. That's right. That's right. Well, and also too, and I want to uh, promote something too. I know um, our kids have been a big beneficiary of, um, you know, thinking about these moments and think about moving to adulthood. I'm also going to put my, you know, we talked about Inga Mokoboji Lutheran Bible Camp and like putting, you know, Taylor was in their lives and other camp counselors that was in their lives. But also, uh, we were talking about the culture code and many episodes ago with, um, uh, uh, shoot, oh, I'll put a link to it in the, in the show notes. But um, we- You're uh, giving me a ton of book ideas, man. Yeah, I'm yeah. loving this. <laughs> well, in there, they talk about productive collisions. Right. So like putting your, putting your kids in space with good people. So like going to like orchard student ministry where like yes. they're getting an opportunity to like interact with these awesome adults who, you know, and frustratingly. So I'm a teacher of teachers. I'm a trained math teacher and my kid doesn't want to have, get help from me in math. They want help from their, from the, one of the people from the student ministry, you know, and which is awesome. Which is awesome. Which is awesome. <laughs> you know, and like I'm like, I could do that. But like, no, having them in relationships with other caring adults that have, you know, similar ideas about what it means to grow up to be an adult and it wants to be a guide for them. Heck yeah. You know, because also that, yeah, that's another Power five. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. another like great great. I want them to have the experiences that they there are other caring adults out there. And that they can look to them as well. Yep. So where it's, it's, it's a Donna Miller quote where the average of the top five people we hang out with. That's right. And so yeah. know, know your five that are in your life that you trust and connected to that purpose. That I think that's the, that's the humbling thing as a parent too, to really care for your kid is to admit that it, it takes a village. It really does. Yeah. So get as many people around them that are for them and helping them move in the direction that are in, in alignment with what you're desiring to cultivate. Yeah. So I, and I want to honor your time, Eric, and like anything else you want to do to wrap up this idea, any, any big messages that you want to share to anyone else that's thinking about this again, not saying that we know all the answers, but we've done some things, anything else you want to share? No, I, I just, I appreciate this conversation today. And I agree with everything you just said. We don't have it figured out completely yet. It's sometimes we're stumbling and sometimes we're succeeding and, and all that, both in the good and the bad I'd say there's grace that's sufficient for you in the midst of this journey. And so keep, uh, keep relying upon the Lord, keep relying upon others is my, my suggestion. And, um, and I, I love the fact that you're having this conversation because I hope other people kind of jump into it and maybe we might learn from some others as well to how to do it better and better. Absolutely. So, We're starting a mailbag so people could send in their, <laughs> send in their ideas and it. suggestions. Yeah. Because I, I just think, the thing I come back to that we alluded to at the beginning of this conversation is life is just, you got that time clock and it's so busy, busy, busy. Yeah. And if, if we don't stop to have conversations around what matters most, we won't get to what matters most, you know, that which we don't intentionally do, we'll never do it. And so um, I'm thankful Joel for you for creating space to have this conversation because it really does matter. Yeah. Well, thank you. I thank you for your time. But um, one other thing you, you are a pastor and you, yeah. you've had several years of it, teaching from both the stage and through events, experiences, conversations, and can't help. We, we're about learning how to teach better. So what is the best thing you have learned to help you teach better, Eric George? I, you, I knew this question was coming. And I, it's the hard thing about it is like, uh, I, don't, I don't know if I have one. Is that bad? Like there's multiple. Can I give you quick, quick seconds? Yeah. It, yeah. Hey, it's now, now we're on your time. Come on. Uh, Here we go. So I'll make them really quick. Uh, I'd say number one, I heard years ago, the joy is in the work. And what I, 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 what I mean by that is I've even heard you say this to my son. We were out serving in our community. You said, Hey, Stanley, fall in love with the content. And so like <laughs> you, you made a slot, you made a comment to him, but it was, it was serious. And I, that's what I mean by that. It's the difference when you're teaching 
do I have to say something or do I have something to say? And the things mm-hmm. that I'm excited to say come from a really a place of being alone and being quiet, having trip over the truth moments or those big ahas. Uh, so the joy is actually in the work long before you ever get to teach it yeah. in front of people. Um, I'd say leverage the tangibles is nothing, something else I heard over the years. And what I mean by that is have accessible language, make it simple yeah, uh, and leverage the power of place. We talked about that today. Um, I would say be highly coachable. Um, one of the things that's a context in the family that I teach in the big orchard church, churches, a family orchard family of churches. I stumbled over my words there. I'm being coached right now yeah. <laughs> is, is every time I send out a sermon every week, it goes out to multiple people who give me feedback, both positive and negative. And I think I've become a product of a lot of people that really want to see me succeed and I want to see others succeed. And so who's alongside you because we don't teach alone, you know, who's other people that you respect. I've learned that a lot. And I'd say the final thing is I'm keeping them short and brief is cultivate high invitation and high challenge environments. Mm-hmm. Um, people who want to come and they want to receive everybody's welcome. Everybody belongs. Come on, let's go. But at the same time, challenge people. Um, I think you've probably seen these studies over the years that, this is one of the most daunting things for, I think, for teachers, no matter what our context is, is that um, people only learn 5% of what they hear from lectures or about 10% from what they read, but they learn 90% when they teach somebody else or they learn it, 75% of it, they retain in a group environment. So balance it, give people great teaching, but an opportunity to process that with others and hopefully maybe share it with somebody else. And that's when you start remembering this stuff and you start living this stuff. Yeah. So that's my four. That's a lot. I'm sorry, but uh, that's a no, great I question. It. I love it. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your, uh, I mean, we're, we're on these journeys. And again, we're like, yep. we're talking about this journey of uh, learning how to parent better. We're on a journey to learning how to teach better. And like, that's, thank you for sharing your, uh, your insight. Anything you want to promote? You got the, you got the stage here. Obviously, Nothing. Hey, the, uh, the orchard is, uh, you got sermons yeah. on Facebook live. Right. And then, yeah. Um, and 11 a.m. in person on Highway 7 yeah. outside of Oxford, Mississippi. Yeah. We're located on 295 Highway 7 North, 11 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Uh, really mean what I said earlier, come and hang out with us. Uh, no one belongs here more than you. The beauty is we really do believe at the end of the day, man, you want to be a church that reaches people that no one else is reaching. Figure out what it means to follow Jesus, grow deep and branch out. And that's it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time, Eric. I appreciate you. Thanks, bud. Appreciate it. Thanks. All right, there it is. There was our conversation with Eric George, and now we get to go to the mailbag. So this is the first time we're we're doing the mailbag, and so one is if you have any anything that you want to share with the mailbag. So maybe you have things that you've done with your children, or uh, you're planning on doing with your child, or you have questions about what to do with your children with regards to this idea of moving from childhood to adulthood, and you want have any comments, questions, suggestions, whatever. Um, send them to joel at amadonplanet.com uh, or anything related to questions. So actually have a question that I've been asked um, via the mailbag. So w- the first question of the, ma- the first mailbag question, this is it. Here we go. Why are you at the University of Mississippi? <laughs> so uh, that's a long, long, long answer, but I'll do it short. So one, I was at the University of Wisconsin uh, finishing my doctoral degree and wanted to be a professor, but I couldn't stay in Wisconsin. There's only so many math education professor jobs in the state of Wisconsin and knew that, you know, the, the, the kind of the, the fit for what I wanted to do wasn't appropriate for some of the institutions that I wanted to do at. And so just basically applied everywhere. I applied everywhere from New Hampshire to Hawaii, literally uh, like 28 different jobs. And because also I had two kids and I didn't know it at the time, but I also had one on the way. And so trying to figure out like, Hey, I need a job. I need to make some money after I graduate here. And, you know, was not, uh, indiscriminate in my, um, uh, my application so much so that one of my mentors said, Hey, settle down. <laughs> you don't, <laughs> you're not a good fit for that one. Just, you'll get a job. Just have some faith. And, so finally, kind of ruled it down and, and got a, had an initial interview right away, but then long drought, and then finally got some more interviews and finally got two job offers. And one of them was to here at the University of Mississippi, and the other one was uh, 
up, up uh, in the Northeast. And trying to make the decisions between the two, both would have been great positions. Both had the same uh, kind of contract tied in with it. And trying to make that decision and thinking about what I wanted to do within my position and the potential for um, what could be possible. And it just turned out that the University of Mississippi was the great, the, the best fit for that. And what was cool is that my family had never stepped foot in Mississippi before I committed. And we did. And so we kind of just jumped full force into uh, well, I jumped into this job and, and then they jumped into being a part of, of this community and we were felt embraced, uh, from the beginning. And so we just, we love being here. It's been a great fit for us. And so, yeah, that's, that's why we're here at the university of Mississippi to try to think about leading people to love others through teaching and then getting opportunity to do stuff like do this podcast and talk to fun people. So anyway, Thanks for that first mailbag question. And again, if you have comments, questions, suggestions, you can send them to joel at amazonplanet.com and we'll put it in the mailbag. All right. Love it. And so that's going to do it for this episode of the Amazon Planet podcast. Show notes can be found at amazonplanet.com forward slash episode 78. Uh, now, those of you looking for ways to support the podcast, you can do what I just said. Submit a question, comment, or suggestion to the mailbag by sending an email to joel at amazonplanet.com. You can also subscribe, rate, and review and share this episode which will allow more people looking for similar content to find it. As always, you can follow at Amazon Planet on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, or like the Amazon Planet Facebook page. You can also connect with me, send your mailbag stuff through those social media platforms as well because some people like to do that more than send an email, which I'm finding out from my uh, kids. Like They're like, no one sends email, Uh, but obviously some people do. So in addition, you can subscribe to the Amazon Planet download, which contains teaching resources and updates from Amazon Planet. Uh, you can do that by clicking on the button at the, the join the email list button at amazonplanet.com. Finally, check out the Amazon Planet store, Amazon Planet bookshop. Links are in the footer at amazonplanet.com where your purchases support the production costs of the podcast. Finally, thank you for spending time on Amazon Planet. Thanks to Eric George for sharing his time and expertise. Thanks to Matt Mifflin for the music in this episode. And finally, thank you to all of you out there learning to teach better and be the good in the world by investing in the lives of others. This world is a better place because you have decided to use the gifts you have been given to serve others. Thank you for all that you do. Peace. Peace.